And welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church. It's a joy to see all of you gathered here and also to know that there are some of you worshiping with us online. As we move to our time of worship, we express sympathy to the families of, of Ken Davis and Otis Deason. Both of them passed away this week. Please keep those families in your thoughts and prayers. Also, remember August 16th, Wednesday nights resume with a meal and Bible study, and we kick the first session off with an ice cream party in the portico. I'm really looking forward to that. I hope you are too. Let us prepare ourselves for worship. Come Holy Spirit, renew us in this time. Draw us closer to you and empower us with your grace. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And now we have a video from Gift to Gadsden. It was a great week with over 200 different participants from our community who came together in learning and fellowship.
right, if y'all would please stand and worship with us this morning. I've been held in your hands. 
So this Sunday brings something a little different with the children here at First United Methodist Church. We will start a 
inviting the children to stay in worship on the first Sundays only during Communion Sunday. This is important because children are a valuable part of our worshiping community. And often as they go out, we don't get to experience them as part of our community. So they might be a little wiggly and make a little noise. But as I've said before, that is the best noise that you can have in a church. So we're so thankful for all the children and the opportunity to worship with them during the entire service on the first Sundays. And now I invite the children, the teachers, the college students, whoever would like a blessing, administrators to come forward for the blessing of the backpack. Let us pray. God, I thank you so much uh, for, for educators, for students, for administrators, uh, for all those who begin the journey of this new school year. And I just pray, God, that your peace and protection be with them, that your grace watch over them, and that you not only bless them, but bless all those that they encounter. May they be a witness for you. Bless them in these backpacks that are before us. Go with them. Go ahead of them. Prepare the way for another great year in your name. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And students, be sure to take one of these tags with you to put on your backpack. Get one. Thank you. And now we worship the Lord with our morning offering. And remember that all the money that you give, whether that be in the plate or online or directly, goes to support wonderful ministries such as our children's ministry. I give thanks for Catherine and the great job that she does with, with all of our children. Also, don't forget to register your attendance, and if you're watching online, leave a comment and let us know who you are. Let us pray. God, thank you for all the gifts you've given us. Bless us. Bless these gifts that you're about to receive. May you guide us in, in their use and multiply them so that your name may be known. Amen.
Thank you, praise team. So this week, we end our sermon series, Extraordinary. This has been a season of learning a little bit about the faith, learning a little bit about me, and remembering God's extraordinary presence with us and his extraordinary grace. And that's what the series has really been about, God's grace and the means of grace and how God speaks to us and is with us in so many different ways. I invite you to take your Bible and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, the 26th chapter, starting at verse 26. Matthew 26, 26. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And when he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. The scripture that I just read is Matthew's account of the institution of the Lord's Supper. Jesus is with his disciples for the Passover meal. It is the night where he is handed over, and the next day he will be crucified. There is, is much going on in his life and the life of those around him. But he stops to, to make this moment of bridging the old and new covenant and to give a demonstration of his grace, a demonstration that is a part of our lives today as we celebrate Holy Communion. In the Methodist Church, we have two sacraments, communion and baptism. And both of these are sacraments because Jesus instituted them and invited his followers to follow him in the example of, of these. They are both known as means of grace, meaning that they're just not ordinary rituals with ordinary elements, but God in God's Holy Spirit meets us there. It's kind of a, a holy mystery that God comes to us in ordinary juice and common wafers and we feel God's spirit in a deeper and more powerful way. It's truly a communication of God's grace. Now, we talk about grace a lot in the church. It's, it's a churchy word, and we may wonder from time to time, how do we define grace? What does that really mean, extraordinary grace, or God communicates his grace to us in Holy Communion? Well, in seminary, I learned the definition of grace to be the unmerited favor of God. I don't know if that helps you, but it really didn't help me because that's still big theological words. How about a practical example? What does grace really mean for our lives? Well, this would be an example of how grace works. Let's say I had a coat and you stole my coat. Well, justice would be 
that I got my coat back and I pressed charges against you and you went to jail for being a thief. That would be justice. Mercy would be I got my coat back but did not press charges. Grace would be I did not press charges and I gave you my coat as well. Grace is not only setting us free, but it is above and beyond. It is a deep demonstration of God's love for us. The truth is Jesus meets us in grace. Jesus does not deal with us in a punitive way. And it's not just mercy. Yes, Jesus forgives our sins, but there is more. In Jesus Christ, we have new life. We have blessings. We have eternal life. We have abundance. We have transformation. And that is grace. It is more than just the gift of forgiveness of sins, which is an amazing gift. But it is truly new life, better life, abundant life in Jesus. Now, I've shared with you before that my own conversion experience came through communion. It was a Thursday night worship service at Camp Simitonga in Gallant, Alabama, not too far from here, that I caught a glimpse of the richness of God's love for me and what it meant for Jesus to die on the cross for me. Now, I grew up in church. I had heard hundreds of sermons I grew up in Sunday school. I heard hundreds of Bible stories and lessons. But there was something in that giving of the bread and the sharing of the cup that spoke to me in the way that a sermon never could. It spoke to me in a new way, in a fresh way, and helped me realize God's love for me. And that was beautiful. John Wesley believed that communion could be a converting ordinance, as, as my situation speaks to. He said that anyone who sought to be in loving relationship with the Lord and repented of their sins could take communion, and God could demonstrate his, his grace to us. That makes us a little bit different than some of our sister denominations. We practice something called open communion. You don't have to be a member of First United Methodist Church to take communion. You uh, don't even have to be a Christian. You just have to be seeking God in your heart and seeking for new life in Him. You are invited to the table. And when we come to the table, you will find people who are seeking, people who are struggling, who are doubting, who are seeking Jesus you will find people who have never been closer to the Lord. People who have been in church uh, since not after, long after they were born, and people who are new, members, non-members, people who've got it all together, and people who are complete mess. We all come to the table. But isn't that like it, it was Jesus' last night with his disciples? We think about the disciples gathered there in that upper room. They were a varied lot. They weren't that cohesive. If you, if you read the scriptures, you know they would often argue about who was the best, who was the greatest, who would have the best place in heaven. And in that group, 
you had simple Galileans, you had zealots who were ready to over, you had a zealot who was ready to overthrow the Roman government, you had a tax collector who was allied with the Roman government. You had one who would deny, many who would leave, one who would betray, and they were all at that table together, and Jesus welcomed them. And not only did he welcome them at the table, but the grace came afterwards. He welcomed them back. And not only did he welcome back, he invited them to be in ministry with him. And they went into all the world, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth to share the good news. That's grace. God's grace comes to us in so many different ways. And it's made real in these elements. And for me, it's been made real in the past six weeks in the welcome I've experienced here at First United Methodist. You are a means of grace. You have been kind and hospitable and you've been patient and I hope you continue to be patient with me as I learn my way around. And I hope you also experience one another as a means of grace because you really are. You're a means of grace to one another. I've heard it said, I don't know how I get along without a church family, and I don't either. Not that a church family is perfect, because we're not. We're sinners. We're broken. We make mistakes and mess up all the time. But I still believe the church is the hope of the world. And I believe that God works in the church to connect us to one another, to welcome, to bless to reach out, to share that hope with others. And that is grace. Jesus is here among us, and he is inviting us to something new. He is inviting us to come to his table and be the body. Feast on the body and go out and share the good news. And I cannot think of a better way for us to experience this than the sacrament of Holy Communion. Amen. The Lord be with you. Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, you made us in your image to love and be loved. When we turned away and you, our love failed, your love remained steadfast. By the suffering, death, and resurrection of your only son, Jesus Christ, you delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, 
gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of your mighty acts in Jesus, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us, and on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ and one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, our honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. As I mentioned in the sermon, we practice open communion, which means all who seek to be in loving relationship with the Lord and repent of their sins are invited to Christ's table. Uh, you may will re receive here in the center, and then if you'd like, pray to the side. Uh, I would invite those who are serving and leading in worship to come and be served first. Spirit leads.
If you would stand for the benediction. And as you're doing so, know that if you um, feel God leading you to the sacrament of baptism or uniting uh, with this church by transfer membership, or if you have a prayer need in your life, know that I'm available after service to speak with you. Now go forth from this place, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.